Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Friday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Of course, this is now our daily podcast. And today it is uh, me, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot is joining me, and Scott Patsko is joining me as well. Uh, guys, how are you today? Doing good. Yeah, we're, we're doing great. Just uh, had, a, had a nice conference call with Kevin Stefanski today. So just, we just finished up uh, writing some of that and we're ready to roll. All right, so that's really what we're going to talk about today, obviously, because this is the first time we've gotten to hear from, uh, from Coach Stefanski really since the Combine, if I'm not mistaken. And, of course, the Browns were supposed to open their offseason program on Monday. They get those two extra weeks because they hired a new head coach, but they're not going to get to do that, uh, as it turns out, because, uh, of course, everyone is stuck at home as Kevin Stefanski is stuck at home in Minnesota, which I'm sure we're going to get to. But let's just start here. Let's get to some initial takeaways from this call. Mary Kay. Uh, What did you kind of take away from this? You know, the number one thing that stands out to me about Kevin Stefanski on this conference call today is the fact that he is not feeling sorry for himself uh, because his first NFL head coaching job involves remote learning, remote teaching, virtual everything. And you know what? He's just handling it. He's dealing with it. He's saying everybody is in the same boat. I think he, he senses, he understands people have relatives on ventilators going to complain about having to do business in this way right now. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, just to kind of get everybody caught up to speed here, uh, Kevin is in Minnesota still. Uh, the, the move to Cleveland uh, hasn't happened yet. It was sort of in the works, but uh, he got stuck in Minnesota. Of course, there's all these stay-at-home orders. Uh, of course, that's why Ellis Williams is in Minnesota right now. The, the other person you'll hear on this podcast occasionally, the other member of our Browns team. Um, he's in Minnesota as well. So Kevin and his family have not yet moved to Cleveland. So he's, he's working about as remotely as you can for an NFL head coach. Yeah, you know what? He was, he was here uh, for the duration after he got hired. He was here the whole entire time. And then, and they were looking for houses and they were, uh, you know, getting ready to kind of settle in and the family was going to move here. But about two weeks ago, he jumped on a plane when things started to get crazy, jumped on a plane, went back to be with his family. And when everything turned into distance learning, remote working and virtual everything, he has stayed there. Uh, And and Scott, what, what did you kind of take away from today? You know, my takeaway is pretty similar to Mary Kay's. Every time that that Kevin was asked, you know, well, well, how do you feel about the fact that you have to do, you have to 
get your system up and running in this situation? And how do you feel about, you know, the fact that everybody has to do this from home? And he really, I think, displayed a lot of confidence. And if you're a Browns fan hearing him talk, maybe you comforted it by the, the fact that he would say things like, you know, we have a contingency plan for the contingency plan. You know, whatever the next day or the next week throws at us, we feel like we're prepared, you know, whether it's the draft or, or what it was like in free agency and, you know, not having these guys come in, having to do things remotely. It, it seems like they're on the ball and, and seem to be ready for, for anything, you know, whether or not that's true, who knows. But uh, he certainly uh, laid it out as, as, you know, the Browns are ready and he wants everybody to, to think that way. And it certainly came across that way. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get the impression that this organization wasn't prepared for this. But at the same time, I think the other thing that stood out is, um, you know, I, I, I kind of asked him because I was curious, what happens on Monday? Are you guys going to start virtual meetings? Or, you know, are you guys set up to do that with the team, the players? It's really technically the first day they're allowed to even talk football with these guys, as coaches like to point out, which makes me wonder what they talk about when they're not allowed to talk football. But, um, and, and his answer was, I don't know. They're, they're still kind of trying to figure that out and they have to work that out with the NFL and the NFLPA. And, you know, Mary Kay, it seems like even though this team is prepared and this team is moving forward in a lot of ways, especially with the draft process, this whole offseason program, they're not really quite sure where that's going to end up if, if they're able to do it all virtually and how that's going to look. Right. It's all up in the air right now. And again, even though he's not complaining about, uh, his situation right now, I think that uh, they are in many ways at a distinct disadvantage uh, from other teams that don't have new head coaches. And the fact that, I mean, these guys don't know their players yet. The coaches don't know each other yet. Kevin Stefanski barely knows some of these coaches yet. He's hired guys that uh, in some cases that he hasn't worked with before. Uh, you know, it's there, there are new players on the football team. Jack Conklin doesn't know anybody yet. Austin Hooper doesn't know anybody. So I think that's one of the things, you know, to think about this here is that, you know, they have to find a way uh, to bond as a team. And, you know, as, as we, we're doing this right now on Zoom and we can see the three of us, 53 people or, uh, you know, 70, 80 people on, you know, little, little Zoom boxes would, would be a hard way to, you know, to, to develop camaraderie and team unity and chemistry and all of those things. So not only can they not build it on the field right now, uh, they, they can't even just, you know, be goofing around with each other, getting to know each other, wives becoming friends, and those kinds of things aren't able to happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Scott, these guys, they can't even come into Cleveland a lot of them you know somebody like a, you know like a Joel Batonio who, who kind of stays in the area because you know they just had a kid and uh, probably can't travel a whole lot yeah they're around but most of this team really isn't in Cleveland right now yeah and there is something to be said for that you know that 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 Bonnie every guy talks about what do you remember most from your playing days it's the camaraderie it's getting to know the guys it's creating those relationships and and players will tell you that that kind of extends out onto the field in some cases. So not having that, um, yeah, that could, that could hurt. But like Kevin said, every team is in the same boat. I think what Mary Kay touched on there though is true that they are a first year team with coaches trying to figure out what this offense is going to look like. You know, Joe Woods is figuring out what his defense is going to look like and, and having to do that all remotely can't be easy. Okay, so, so we've talked about the camaraderie thing, but, but let's just throw this question out there. What, what is the thing 
that this team is going to miss most, Mary Kay, do you think, if they can't have a spring program at all? And, and I mean, they will have something, whether it's a vir like virtual, but I mean, if they can't I mean, get in the building and, and get on the field, even for the, whatever it is, 13 or 14 days that they're allowed to do that, um, so what do you think they're going to miss the most? Well, I think they'll be very creative about what I'm about to say, because I think they are so tech savvy, this football team. They're so number savvy and, and video savvy uh, that maybe they won't miss this as much as, as I seem to think that they probably will. But just the installation of the offense and the defense and getting out on that football field and practicing it and working on it. We remember Baker Mayfield saying last year that they were not ready for OTAs. He's that numerous times that they just were not up and running they didn't have their act together they didn't have their mojo down for OTAs and therefore they really weren't ready uh, for training camp in terms of exactly what they needed to do and what pages of the playbook they playbook they were going to focus on so to me I think that's the most important thing is that they won't be uh, getting out there and practicing with each other, installing new schemes. And as we have heard people talk about, now this is a complicated timing and rhythm offense. You've got to be on point. You have to be exactly where you need to be when the ball comes out. And it's going to be hard uh, to get that all down over the internet. Yeah, that's what makes the NFL's declaration that the season is going to go ahead as scheduled kind of Hard to swallow. It's, I can't imagine how you would go through May and, and you know, then June and, and not have anything where these players are together and, and working together and then expect the season to start on time. That's just, that's really hard to believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, you know, they, they're also going to figure out how long do these guys have to be together? Um, before they can even play a game, right? So if, this, if they lose their off-season program and then you lose part of training camp, how long do they actually need? And it was interesting, Kevin Stefanski brought up the, the lockout that he was obviously around for, um, and, and a ton of time got missed there. But I, I think the, the on-field stuff, uh, I'm trying to remember who said this to me. I, I, think, I, was, I think I did a radio show, and, and there was a former player on the show, and, and he brought up, you know, you can do stuff in the classroom over and over and over again, and you can, you can learn stuff in the classroom, but for some guys, you've just got to get out there and feel it. You've you got to get out there and run. You've got to run the plays. You've got to get a feel for how the quarterback throws the football, you know, for a guy like Austin Hooper, uh, for Jack Conklin. You know, there's no, there's no contact really in, in spring practice, but it's a good chance to play next to some of the guys who might be starting next to you at right guard. Uh, you, you just kind of lose some of that early getting a feel for things and, and kind of at least, you know, you've been on the field with guys, you've caught a football, you've heard cadences, you've uh, worked with coaches on the field. I do think that's important for some guys. Yeah. And remember um, Patrick Mahomes talking about uh, the play that they ran in the Super Bowl. And Dan, I think you re you wrote about that play, didn't you? The, the one that they borrowed. Uh, yeah. The, um, the one the from Rose like Bowl? 1948. From yeah. the 1948 Rose Bowl. Uh, and he talked about how they practiced that, they, in, they installed it in OTAs, and they practiced it every single week from OTAs on. And I think that illustrates just how important it is to start working on things, to start installing things, getting, getting your timing down. Look, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr., not that they were going to be able to do all that much uh, in, in OTAs this year because 
you know, I'm sure Odell will be somewhat limited uh, coming off the core muscle surgery, but still those guys just did not have uh, their chemistry and their timing down last year. And it's going to be even more important this year in this offense. Even Alex Van Pelt said, no, you, you need to be exactly where you need to be in this rhythm offense. Yeah, we, we saw how an offensive line can kind of torpedo an, an entire offense last year. Uh, this year's offensive line should be better, but still you're going to have two or three new people um, on, in that group. And I, I talked to Joe Thomas uh, this week, and he, he mentioned how whoever they, you know, if they draft a left tackle, that person is going to benefit from being around Joel Batonio, being next to him on the line, sitting next to him in meetings and, and you know, watching film with him. And if you don't have that off-season program, that rookie left tackle isn't going to have the benefit of all that um, or whoever, you know, comes in at right guard if they bring someone from the outside. So, yeah, you're right. It, it, it makes a big difference, and, and not having those things could end up showing if they do go ahead with the season as I'm scheduled. Good. I wonder if they'll use like, you know, Madden or something like that to, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I wonder if they'll use Madden to just kind of like play video games on field games that they can play where they can see how it works virtually. I, you know, I just, I wonder how, uh, you know, how deep they'll go into the technology to try to, to have virtual practices. Don't you think guys think that's kind of cool to think about? I do, I do think that would be interesting. And it, it isn't uh, aren't Denzel Ward and Jarvis Landry in some Madden tournament or something yes. for, uh, I forget who it's for, but they're doing some Madden tournament right now. Um, you know, the other thing I just thought of too is Kevin Stefanski told us at the Combine that, you know, he's still trying to figure out who's going to call plays. And, and part of that yeah. process was allowing yep. Alex Van Pelt opportunities to call plays. Now, obviously the bulk of that would come in training camp and then in the preseason. But some of that would be going on, you know, even if it's not through the headset, maybe it's just huddling guys around or whatever, but some of that would be going on during, probably especially during the mini camp. So that this kind of uh, maybe is a little hiccup in that process as well. Yeah, that's a great point, Dan. I hadn't even really thought about that. But when we talked to Kevin Stefanski today, he talked about how Alex Van Pelt is running the offensive meetings right now, which we pretty much knew he would do that. But you're right. This was an opportunity for him to, to get out there and, and to call the plays and to really get a grasp and a handle on this offense because in some ways it's a little bit new to him too. They're running the Gary Kubiak offense. So it was an opportunity for him to establish himself early on as as the play caller on this offense and uh that that's a great point well at this point in the offseason i think it kevin stefanski can say that that he's confident and they're doing everything that they feel they need to do to be ready after the draft that could tell you his tone could change you know then it might hit him that you know you can't get away from the fact that he does have things to do that a lot the majority of other teams don't have to do like you said figuring out who's calling plays and simply installing stuff. So maybe, maybe he has a different tone after the draft, um, but I understand why he said what he said today. And, and think about Joe Woods. He's got seven new players that just came on board in the last, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks, seven brand new players. They don't know each other. They don't know Joe Woods in, in most cases. And uh, you know, that's a lot to integrate. I mean, you've got guys like Andrew Billings, that are probably going to try to come in here and challenge for starting jobs. Uh, you know, and these things 
actually really do start happening in OTAs. Those things start to sort themselves out. People want to call these voluntary practices, but the truth of the matter is uh, things are uh, established very, very early on in terms of playing time and things like that. But isn't this a situation where, where Paul D. Podesta gives them somewhat of a of an advantage. I think Kevin even mentioned today when somebody asked him, you, it might have been you, Mary Kay, about how you get together and do team bonding. He said, Paul's the kind of guy who would have good ideas about how to do that. So, so maybe D. Podesta, this is where he shines when, when they're in a situation like this and uh, they got to figure out different ways to do things, ways to think outside the box. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, before we move on, I'm going to tell everybody about Football Insider, and then we'll get to some of the uh, the football stuff here. I do want to make one point, too, about something you said, Mary Kay. I just specifically remember a few seasons ago, it was Baker Mayfield's rookie year, and I think it was during OTAs and, and minicamp when we kind of started looking at each other and said, hey, Rashard Higgins is uh, starting to mm -hmm. do some stuff. It, it kind of yeah. A guy like that starts to stand out. Every now and again, uh, you, you can get that kind of value out of the off-season program. All right, let me tell you about Football Insider real quick. It's, uh, it's me, Mary Kay, Scott, and Ellis. We text you multiple times a day with the inside scoop and analysis on the Browns, what we're hearing, and give you the inside word before things happen. We even text you big breaking news and analysis about it. Oftentimes, before it's even up on cleveland.com, so you actually do get it first if you're a Football Insider. And there's a newsletter that comes every morning. It's only for insiders. It features a take, a video, a stat breakdown on the Browns each day by one of us, along with what's going on around the league today, for example. Uh, I, I wrote about some former flash-in-the-pan Browns and, and made a list of those, and some of the texters threw some names at me. Um, you know, we do free agency remaining lists. So Posts that maybe you used to see on the site, now maybe you only get in that newsletter. So uh, that's worth checking out. You can also text with us directly to cut through the clutter of Facebook, Twitter, uh, and other social media. And it is the only way to get your questions on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And we are trying to cook up a way in this, this sort of new five-day-a-week to kind of dedicate maybe a full day to uh, your subtext or questions. So you can get a 14-day free trial. You can cancel any time. All it takes is one text if you do want to cancel. But if you don't, we have hundreds of subscribers join us over the last year. They love it and have stuck with us. And we're seeing the football community, football insider community grow every week. It's $3.99 a month. That's less than 14 cents a day. And there are special perks that come along the way. You know, we had a big draft preview show that was going to be set up for football insiders. But of course, for obvious reasons, we weren't able to do that. But we'll still, uh, if we're able to pull something together that's not live, that's done remotely, we'll try to, we'll make sure that our football insiders are involved. And when we are back to normal, there's going to be some special events for, uh, for you guys for sure. So. If you want to uh, check it out, it's cleveland.com slash Browns. There's a banner at the top of the page. Or you can text me at 216-208-3965. Again, that's 216-208-3965. All right. Kind of a mouthful there, but that's because Football Insider. There's so much to talk about. Uh, let's talk football, Mary Kay. We heard about Case Keenum today. We heard a little bit about uh, Kevin Stefanski talking about Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Kind of catch us up to speed on that stuff. Uh, yeah, a few uh, news and nuggets that came out of it. Uh, first of all, you know, we did ask him uh, about, uh, you know, guys like Baker Mayfield working out, getting in shape. Uh, Baker Mayfield's going to come back leaner and meaner this year. And I, I, think that's, uh, I think that's important. Last year, he tried to put on a little bit of weight uh, to absorb the hits. This year, I think he wants to get back to being a little bit more agile and make some plays with his feet. So Kevin Stefanski said he likes to see 
that the guys are working out. Uh, he says, uh, in terms of Case Keenum, uh, he, he felt it was important to establish that Baker Mayfield is the starter, Case Keenum is the backup, Let's not have any kind of controversy. Let's not leave that hanging out there as a question mark. That's not how it is. He is very adamant about that. Case Keenum is adamant about that. And that is what this is all about. Even though, even though Case Keenum probably knows this offense better, and by the time the season starts, still might know this offense better if there isn't an offseason program. Uh, Baker is the guy. He says, I believe in him. Uh, and then as far as Odell Beckham Jr., and Jarvis Landry, they're right on track with their rehabs. Uh, they're exactly where they're supposed to be, and both of them uh, should be ready for the season. Scott, when, uh, you know, we, we've talked a little bit about Case Keenum, and, uh, you know, Mary Kay made, it, made a good point. He's a guy that's going to know this offense really well, and, you know, certainly if nothing else, that's going to help Baker. If those two can kind of get together, we know that the, uh, Baker and Case connected pretty quickly after that signing was done. So if those two – uh, can somehow connect, you know, Baker can kind of get a head start on things. Yeah, he's, he's the great insurance policy. He, he, you know, you're glad he's there. You hope you never have to use him, right? I mean, and it's a better situation, obviously, than last year when uh, Drew Stanton uh, went on IR. You were left with Garrett Gilbert, and nobody really knew what to expect. He, he looked really good going out there a few times and kneeling down. But uh, as far as somebody who you'd want to try and win games for you, I don't think anybody would have had a ton of confidence with, uh, with Garrett Gilbert going out there. So, so having Keenum uh, in your back pocket and, you know, whether he's actively trying to mentor Baker or not, just having somebody there who, like Mary Kay said, knows what he's doing and isn't trying to figure it all out like you are, I think that that's going to be a huge help for him. And we've talked about this before a little bit. I, I think that it will come in so handy to have a Case Keenum around uh, to help uh, teach the the nuances of this offense to explain things to uh, you know to to try to talk about the finer points of this offense with receivers with quarterbacks with Baker Mayfield. Yes, I mean he's saying he's not a coach. Kevin Stefanski's saying he's not a coach, but he knows the Gary Kubiak offense. He knows the Kevin Stefanski offense, and everybody is going to be in catch up mode, and therefore he will definitely come in handy. Uh, and and of course you know talking about Odell Beckham and and Jarvis Landry. Mary Kay, I think it's fairly safe to say Odell's going to be ready to go for the season. There, there's not really much question about that, that the time frame on that surgery, which we kind of learned from Kareem Hunt, you know, there's a chance he could have been ready to be on the field in May if, if he was there for OTAs. Uh, but with Jarvis, uh, are you getting any sense about kind of where this might be as far as him being ready to go for the season? Or is it too early to even really think about that? You know what? It's, it seems like uh, post-surgery, they were saying that he, he will be returning at some point in training camp. He's talked about being ready to go in August. Uh, now, the thing about that is, does ready to go mean that you're ready to start practicing once or twice a week or that you're ready to start doing position drills? Or does ready to go mean you're ready for full action? My guess is that Jarvis Landry will be ready for full action by the opener, if there is an opener in September, um, because he's never missed a game. And that's vitally important to him. And one of the reasons why he did not even want to have this surgery to begin with. So I think he'll do everything that he possibly can. I've been watching some of his videos. You guys probably have too. He's already doing a lot of hand-eye coordination, balance work, things like that. So I'm going to say Jarvis will be ready for the first game. I think even if the Browns had a, 
concerned that either one of them wouldn't be ready to go. They, they probably would have gone out and gotten a few more receivers in free agency. I mean, the group they have right now behind Odell and Jarvis combined had 16 catches last season, like the entire group of guys. So there's not a lot to work with, or at least experience wise there. Uh, I, I would, I would look at what they haven't done yet in free agency and say, yeah, those guys are probably going to be ready. Yeah, and then probably the fact, too, that Rashard Higgins is, is still out there and the Browns haven't brought him back probably tells you they feel confident um, in, in these top two guys. Speaking of which, somebody randomly brought up to me uh, a couple days ago, DJ Montgomery. You guys remember that name? Yes. yes. Speaking of OTAs and minicamp and he training flashed, camp stars. I believe the term is, you know, yeah, he's one of the many guys. That's one thing I'm going to miss if, if we're not out there in the spring watching practice, not being able to say the guy's flashed. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm certainly <laughs> going to miss that. All right. So uh, anything else? Do we miss anything before we, we wrap up today on our daily podcast? You know, uh, Kevin Stefanski talked a little bit about Austin Hooper and why he's important to his offense. Uh, and he talked about what we already know, that he's going to be running a lot of two tight end sets. And again, we also know that, um, you know, that David Njoku, that, that he is in much better standing now than he was if Freddie Kitchen, Kitchens had come back. So uh, this will be a two tight end heavy offense, and they're excited to have Hooper. All right. So that will do it for our Orange and Brown Talk podcast Friday edition. We will be back Monday. We're going to be back five days a week, every single weekday. So if you're not subscribed, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts, subscribe because you're going to get a new one on your phone every day. And I know a lot of you are, are stuck at home, uh, you know, trying to distract yourself while you're working or whatever. Uh, I think having five of these a week is, is going to help you out with that. Uh, so for Scott Patsko and Mary Kate Cabot, I'm Dan Lobb. Thanks for listening. Everybody.